Great Scott! Marty! It's sci-fi on trial! to Sci-Fi on Trial. I'm your host, Jesse Mercury. We're going back to the future. We are putting Back to the Future Part 3 on trial to determine if it has been remembered fairly. Joining me this time is my illustrious panel, Dan DeRozier, Daniel O'Connell, Johnny Unicorn, and Ryan Casey as we dig deep into the plot holes, into the time stream, into the Old West to try and see if this film has a bum rap. This episode features special interviews from Justin Minnick and Aaron Engel. Let's meet our panel. It's gonna sound like a morning show with all these guys in here. Mm-hmm. All right, Jibs, I'm Whoopi. I'm Whoopi. It's a the living room show. Harry Vagina! Yes. This is exactly why I've always tried to make sure there were women in the room. It didn't work out today. Big ol' hairy crutch. Too many people on the morning show. What did you know? This is two, three at the most. Five is too many. <laughs> they're all, they're all just talking. <laughs> two, they're all, Welcome they to all the Too the Many Men in the Morning Show with Daniel DeRozier, Johnny Unicorn, Daniel Unicorn, Jesse Black. No, I'm saying this part. Ryan Casey. No, this is. I'm saying this part. No, I'm saying this part. All right. Always do this. You're back to Too Many Men in the Morning. In the morning. That's the name of the show. Too many men in the morning. Ready? We all ready. We all do it. We all do it at the same time, but, but not, not in, quite the same time. Right. Ready? Okay. Three, two, one. All right. Welcome, Welcome to the so many men in the morning. I'm your host, Daniel DeRozier. I'm joined by my co-host Jesse Mercury, Johnny Unicorn, Ryan Casey, and Daniel Ocado. And then we all have individual soundboards. Today we're talking about boners. We're it. We're it. We're it. We're it. Poppy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's start this shit. We oh. gotta, we gotta sing a song like last time. Can we sing? Uh, you don't sing? need money. <laughs> don't, don't need fame. Don't need a credit card to ride this train. Very, 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 Boom, boom, boom. That's the power of love. I fucking love that song. But you know what song I love even more than that is ZZ Top in Back to the Future 3. So when we watched it last, who was it that Jenny didn't know that 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 was ZZ Top? She also didn't know that that was Back to the Future 3. She thought that was too. That's right. It's really hard. This is the second time in a row that Jenny came to the viewing party and wasn't able to be on the podcast. And she's so. still hungover from the, <laughs> the viewing party. <laughs> oh, no. But it was fun. It was fun. <laughs> All right, well, we got uh, we got mostly the same faces back, and then we got <coughs> new blood. Dan DeRozier, say hello. Hi-oh! 
Oof. So I, back, I, backed, I backed off the mic for it. Uh, not enough. Okay. Um, <laughs> tell, us, tell us about yourself. That's still pretty cool. Me? Yeah. Jesus. Uh, or tell us about someone else. I don't give a shit. Uh, <laughs> Daniel Connell's uh, got smiley faces drawn on his thighs. He does. Mm-hmm. What? What is In that ink. about? An ink, but they're not tattoos. Well, we'll yeah. come back to that. Tell us about you. I lied. Tell us about yourself. Uh, <laughs> I, I, club. What, I, what, what do you want me to? I don't know. Uh, what, I, who are you? What do you do? You, what do you want to plug? Can you ask me questions? All right. Dan DeRozier. Yeah. You are the uh, successful co creator of the Tiny Baby Talk Show and of Town Hall with Mr. Daniel O'Connell sitting right next to you. The unsuccessful creator. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. The unsuccessful co creator. <laughs> Most unsuccessful. Well, co-creator. technically, that's kind of accurate. You have a well paying job. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's uh, a. Yeah, yeah. Y- your success is not from the show. But you did create the show, and you are successful. Show, yeah. So, boom. Uh, and you say well-paying, but well-paying by the low standards that, that I think we have. Yeah. Oh, yeah. My version of well-paid is you can go to a doctor and not be afraid. <laughs> yeah, that's well-paid. <laughs> well, I've never had you both on a podcast before. This is exciting. I've it's had like you another show in the show. On podcasts without each other. Oh, no. but you guys Welcome do, to uh, Too Many Men in the Morning. <laughs> too Many Men. How many tell, tell us about, tell us about Town Hall. Tell us about what you're doing now. Town Hall, uh, we... Uh, I, I, it, it, the, the definition of the show key or the description of the show keeps changing. Cause yeah. Now, now I'm calling it an interactive panel discussion show. Yeah. Right. I feel like that's about right. Yeah. Uh, we film it on Periscope. Uh, you could watch it at town hall, Seattle. Right? Oh, fuck. I'm, I don't know, man. I'm almost positive. <laughs> Filming on Periscope in the USS Nevada. Yeah, but also we might switch to YouTube. That, look, it's Let's, in a constant state of flux. Yeah. Uh, the best thing you can do is uh, is look us up on uh, on Facebook. Uh, if you look up Town Hall. Literally the best thing you could do. Yeah. <laughs> no, it would. That's the only this the only solid information you'll get because yeah. we the show is in a constant state of flux, which is kind of by design. And well, uh, I really, I really like it a lot. I watched the last two. You, you perform in a gallery fourteen twelve where I can't go because I'm allergic to it. But <laughs> I watched the last two, and I, and I really, really, really loved it. And actually, Ryan, you're on that show too. You're I am Vampire Jim Morrison. No, no, we can't. I'll cut it out. No, 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 no. just kidding. This is a common misconception. (laughs) Ryan Casey is uggo. There's a yeah. There's that would be impressive, right? There's a uh, there's a man in Seattle who who claims to be uh, Vampire Jim Morrison and uh, undead singer of the Doors. Yeah, and he lives in Seattle now, and uh, we are often in the same place (laughs) at the same time. You look similar. Um, we have a very similar jacket. <laughs> uh, I think it's a denim jacket. It mm-hmm. not, we're not the only people with denim jackets, but it's the kind of thing where like you have a beard and he has a beard and he's got a denim jacket. And I don't know anyone else who wears a denim jacket you at this point. Ja- you just go, just jacket? go to Big Mario's on any I day. Throw a, <laughs> I could throw a rock and hit a denim jacket right now because the window's open. And, <laughs> and this is Seattle. I have my denim jacket. Even though it's like the 80 degrees out. out. Yeah. 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 So, <laughs> the city's I, creeping in, podcast creeping out. Denim jackets. Well, that's what the jean in. shorts yeah. are for. You know? Yeah. They cool you off. So okay. yeah, long story short, welcome Dan. We're very excited to have you here. Thanks guys. Glad to be, be here. Uh, Daniel O'Connell's back. Baby Dan, I'm going to call you that still because I can't. I don't mind. Un- I can't uncall you that. Baby Dan, yeah, you yeah. just released a, a YouTube video like yesterday, right? Uh huh. Yeah. I don't remember what my YouTube name is, but. I think it's, I think it's just Daniel <laughs> O'Connell. Is it? I think so. That sounds right. Uh, oh. Do you want to ask me about pranks on set? 
Yes. <laughs> uh, hey, baby Dan. So were there any pranks. pranks on set? God, there were so many pranks. At one point, Danny Glover uh, wore whiteface. Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I feel like I feel like that was prepared. I feel like you, you I asked me about pranks just to Danny. say that. Well, and when you have that story, you gotta tell it. Yeah. Even if you, yeah, you even gotta, if you gotta walk pocket. people into it. Yeah. Uh, and find yeah. excuses to bring it up. I think. <laughs> yeah. Well, good story. Thank you. <laughs> I really um, liked it. Ryan Casey's back. Ryan, you got a uh, Fight Space Seven coming out. I'm really we excited. Have about a, that. Yeah. Really? We have a, another yeah. one. Yeah. Another. <laughs> Ooh, you sure? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> I suppose. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And you were just on my other podcast with Doug. I was just on your other podcast with Doug talking great. about Radio LARP and. We got drunk we on got that one. There. Yeah. Well, that's usually what I do when I hang out with Doug. Yeah. We get drunk and try to make a show. That yeah, happens. he's he's a fun drunk man. Yeah, he's fun. Um, yeah, that's this weekend. Uh, but, you know. What l- time? This weekend, but when we release this. It will be in the past because time travel It will be in the past. It will be on Saturday, right. this coming Saturday uh, at 10 at the Gallery 1412. Yeah, and if you're listening to this, you missed it. So yeah, it's sorry. <laughs> but it will be on, uh, it'll be on, it's on reruns. Online. Yeah, listen to the podcast, com. Yeah, so we take the episodes. We do them live, record them, and then add sound effects and stuff, and then put them on. Sci-fi, like TNG parody. Good shit. And Johnny Unicorn's back. Hey, John. John, say hi. How's it going? What what have you been up to? You're making a music video. I'm making a music video. Yeah. I'm making a bunch of music videos. I'm going to release an EP, and all the songs are going to have music videos. You've basically completed your transformation into Weird Al Yankovic. Yeah, I'm gonna pull a Weird Al. <laughs> That's a good thing to pull. That's a good one. Yeah. Uh, they're yeah, wacky. They're gonna be wacky. There's gonna be fun. Some of them are just like throwaway. Like here's some footage of a thing just to put it with the music because I don't have time to make a bunch of music videos. Wait, but, wait, way to sell it. Yeah. Well, you know, he's like, I'm making a <laughs> bunch of music cool videos. Shot. I don't know. Yeah, I'm to make a bunch garbage, of music videos, but, but I'm doing it. He's it's said more some like, of here's them, a cool shot. I want to show it, but I don't want. I don't want. I I saw some of the work in progress, and it was kind of mind blowingly awesome. I have to say, I'm really pumped about it. All right, well, Thank we're you. back to talk about Back to the Future 3. Ooh, Fuck yes. Part yes. 3. <laughs> Come back in time. Fucking back in time. Mr. Sandman. What about with that part where they go, uh, back, back where? Back, back to, the to the future. And you're like, ah. Oh. Buddy! <laughs> Come on, Hollywood. <laughs> you're like, so let's go. Let's go around the room and let's get everyone's initial thoughts about the movie. What do you guys think of it? Oh, let's start with the Ryan. most racist of the Back to the Futures that I've noticed because of the just a couple off cowboys jokes. and Indians yeah, stuff going really. on. It wasn't that bad. Wait, the most the racist, racist, but still not that bad. Yeah, the other, yeah. Are you pouring racist. whiskey into a coffee? That's Fuck yeah, Irish I coffee. So. Because they don't have a glass over here. He's gonna Irish up that coffee. That's but great. I, one of these. I mean, they're in the Wild West, and there's no like trepidation about like the state of society at that time. Right. There's no like. He's from the 80s. Everyone's supposed to get along. It's the 80s, you know? And now we're in the Old West and everyone's assholes. I like it fine. It's good. Yeah, I like it. It's okay. It's a Back to the Future movie. The the second and third movie is just like one big movie. Oh, God, that's crazy. Yeah, they're well, not. It's not very like good. That, no, they yeah. kind of flow into so each other pretty well. They really flow into each other. They made them the same time. They're the, the same actors. Yeah. I, I watched some of the second one because it was on it was on cable uh, just the other day. So I watched. Uh, the lead-in to it, and they do. They how, how do you rate the three? <laughs> the first one's good. The second two are okay. Hmm. First one's really good. I, yeah. I don't. I think it holds. I think it doesn't hold up over over time. 
Really? Yeah, I enjoy it less. What, what doesn't them. What doesn't hold up about it to you? I don't know. I guess I just don't like it as much. I don't like. Is it because you're Michael jaded? J. Maybe and, uh, I'm older. Michael J. And J. Fox hate life is, and fun. That could be it. Yeah, I do. I mean, <laughs> are you talking about the first one now? <laughs> I think about still about the yeah, we're one? just getting a general. We're getting a general know, sense of where everybody sits in the Back to the Future universe here. Yeah, yeah. I'm Dan, getting the Dan, what about you? Oh well, if we're talking about the third one, I love. I love the third one. Yeah, it's uh, it's great. It uh, makes it makes total sense to me that it. it uh, like, and I and I understand what you're saying. Like they should maybe they should have like jumped times. Yeah, uh, like because they do spend more or less the entire movie in the old west. Yeah, uh, but I loved it. It it. it, <laughs> it, it, it it's it's just it's just like a fun, it's so fun. It's just a fun western with with like with like a slight sci-fi bent to it, you know, uh, right in my alley. Yeah, I think your love for the movie is the reason we're doing this because I think that you kind of shouting about it on Twitter convinced a couple people to vote for it that wouldn't have otherwise, and it was close. Like it was, we almost did AI. And I I also ha- I also had a really tight gift that I sent you that I think really <laughs> threw people over the edge. You did. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then how do you rank it? Like the three movies, how do you rank them? Uh, uh, they're all tied for first. That's perfect. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't really like one more over the other. I, you know, I just, I, I like one saga. Yeah. And and like, like we were saying, like the, the two and three are essentially like one long movie. Yeah. Uh, and if you look at it that it's hard, it's really hard to rate them. Hmm. Baby Dan, what do you think? Uh, I have not seen it uh, since I was like nine and I watched it last night and this morning and it was fucking delightful. It was yeah. very, very fun. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. How, how does it rank? Um, they're all tied for last. <laughs> Ooh. Nice. Uh, you flipped it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I don't, I don't remember this. Uh, in my head, it goes number two, number and then I don't remember number one very well and number three. Honestly, I don't remember one or two very well. I just remember really enjoying number two because of hoverboards. Right. I think that's it. I feel I don't get that you guys like the second one more than the first one. And it's just the hoverboards, I think. I, hoverboards no, are for, cool. no, for me, it's the, dis- the, 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 dystopian. the dystopian present part and the Donald Trump, you know, and the depressed mother again. And uh, yeah, it's like very dark and. It's it's uh, cool. Oh, can I can I make a can I make a confession about uh, my confession? The, the Back to the Future. Yeah, uh, I it's, it's like like the whole. Uh, all right. So when uh, uh, what's what's Marty's mom's name? Lorraine. Leah, Leah Thompson. When Lorraine is like trying to get it from Calvin Klein. Yeah. Uh, I'm kind of into that. You're into <laughs> like it, a mother trying to. That is a confession. <laughs> there, I don't know. There's it's definitely a confession. Uh, something I would like never, never actively. <laughs> Wait, is it because the Jeez. two actors are so incredibly attractive, or is it because of the situation? I think both. You know, I what? think. Okay. I think that, no, yeah. You know what I think it is? Those actors are really selling it. They were like, "It's real. It feels yeah. real." He feels really uncomfortable. Leah and Thompson she feels like really turned on. Is like the movie. dream girl in those movies. <laughs> and good I mean, actors. Michael J. Fox is also dream girl in those movies. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when he's dressed as a girl in the second movie, uh, which I was surprisingly turned on by uh, when he plays his own daughter in the second one. Oh. Uh, what do you uh. mean by, Baby Dan, what do you mean by they're all tied for last? Oh, I was just being a dick. Okay. <laughs> Bummer, was I was hoping to yeah, was peel back an onion there, no, but there's just, nothing. Just being rude. Uh, it's a potato. Jonzo, what do you think? Um, oh, man. I'm get, I get the feeling that... Uh, 
Marty McFly really is lazy. <laughs> I don't know. He's... I don't know what that is. No, no, no. I, 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 I do like the Back to the Future 3. I, I think uh, I like it. Uh-huh. I think it's fine, except for that one plot hole we talked about earlier, which we'll probably talk about we'll later. We'll definitely talk about that. Yeah. Um, I think that movie held up well, because for me, it's about the comedy jokes. And it's like the first movie is like a wacky comedy. I feel like I'm watching Airplane, kind of. Like, I like the, the characters keep, are kind of ever since you got here tonight, over, you keep saying comedy jokes. <laughs> I wonderful. was listening to Steve Martin earlier, <laughs> uh, and uh, so it's very joke. Like the plot doesn't matter as much to me. It's like this it's is more a, about the fun and the comedy. This is a, these are just the set visual up for jokes. gags, yeah. you know, the manure. And so the th- the third one is just more of that, and it and the jokes aren't any less funny. Yeah, and the acting isn't any less good, and therefore, and, I mean, yeah, you don't have. And the bad guy is so funny. The bad guy, I I audibly laughed probably like 20 times at the bad guy in this one. Hey, Ron, why don't you dance? (laughs) There's like more main characters or something, it feels like. Right. Because you get Leah Thompson and Mary Steenburgen and the Doc and Marty. Yeah. Well, luckily, I mean, it wouldn't be an interesting trial if everybody loved it. Luckily, I don't (laughs) like this movie. Uh, I feel like it's an incredibly underwhelming finish to one of my favorite trilogies ever. Like the first two movies... I fucking adore the first one I think is the best one but I like the second one the best like the first one's like the perfect movie but the second one it just builds on it so well and it's so exciting it's like the moment the movie starts you just like hit the ground running and you're in the future within seconds and then so much exciting shit is happening then you're like back to 1985 but oh my god it's the wrong 1985 then you go back to 1955 and then oh my god you have to use a hoverboard and a tunnel and there's manure and it's just so good (laughs) and then the third one, I love the way it starts. I love it so much. Like, the, the the intro, until you get to the Old West, is so good. Like, just as good as anything. If not, maybe even, like, the highlight of the entire trilogy. Like, when, when Doc Brown's playing the organ with his hands, you know, when he's backed up against it. Like, that's so fucking funny and good. But then I feel like you get to the Old West, and then it just becomes something else. Like, it's not a bad thing. I don't... It's not that I dislike any particular moment of the movie like there's no jump the shark moment there's nothing that i particularly hate but uh i don't want to see a western like i i don't mind if it's a western within a time travel movie but it doesn't feel like that it feels like they just wanted to make a western and like the big moment at the end is like well we got to make doc brown wake up we got to give him the wake up juice you know so we can have a shoot shootout there's no sci-fi stakes there's no like real adventure stakes as, as there was in the first and the second where the whole the whole of reality might unravel in the second movie and that's such a high stake to have and in the third movie it kind of goes away and all of a sudden like I the only thing we matter the only thing we care about is like let's get you know let's go back and save doc which is fine and i love that well, he's gonna but, die but that should like that should lead into some bigger questions there should be more happening I, I love the the train stuff at the end. I really love it. I love, like, the different colored logs. I love that the hoverboard is kind of the thing that saves the day. I'm super into that. I actually really like the end, although I do have problems with the train at the end of the movie. We'll talk about that later. Where did that come I know. from? Too heavy. But, it's too heavy to fly like that. So, so luckily, <laughs> luckily, like, the movie's bookended in things that I like, but there's a big portion in the middle that feels, like, superfluous to me. And inside of a trilogy where, like, every moment of the first and second movie is so well thought out and so well executed and just so exciting to have a movie where they waste... Well, not waste, but they underuse a lot of moments. It's So it's not that I don't like the movie. It's that I'm very underwhelmed by it, and that to me is a crying shame because the first two are so great and we almost had the perfect trilogy, you know? Do, do, are, do you think that, that you're possibly 
not um, a lover of westerns, and that's a big that part of it. Color that for that's you? definitely a big part of it. I've never really latched onto the western genre. So even like the first time I ever saw Back to the Future Two, when they have the preview at the end for the western and the third one. I already, my heart sank a little bit, because I'm like, well, oh, I don't know, I don't know. I mean, we went, we, we went to the fucking future. That's, like, all I wanted to see. Like, so I... So you when, didn't want to see the past. You know, I... That was the first place Doc wanted to go, was the future. I, I have to say so that, like, they seeing... Were like setting that up from the get-go. Yeah, totally, totally. Like, the whole first movie, I feel like, is a setup to getting to the future in the second movie, which is so exciting, because I love the first movie. I mean, they really made going to the past seem exciting, which I thought was impossible. When I was a kid, I'm like, oh, they go to they go back in time? I thought they went to the future. That's what I wanted to see. But then I ended up loving it. So it's not just the Western thing, because I feel like they could have done it in a little bit more of an exciting way. Well, or, as yeah. we'll talk about later, like, as we talked about the other night when we watched the movie, I really think that they should have gone to more time periods, not just the Old West. I think that that would have fixed the movie for me if they just done a little bit more well, Roman f- times yeah well they what made it about the, the, the town it's always kind of attached to the town right, right. and that's itself. what I was gonna say I like that he like wanted to go to the future but didn't want to leave Hill Valley they never oh, leave Hill Valley <laughs> yeah. Doc Brown yeah he's like Charlie from Always Sunny he thinks if he leaves Philadelphia he'll die <laughs> so going to the Old West is as far back as you can go yeah. and still not that's leave Hill Valley that's why he invented a time machine because the only way he can go anywhere is through time yeah that's interesting mm. Well, I'm, let's uh, let the record. Blew my oh, mind. sorry. Go ahead. Just for the record, I think had they gone to more than like one, unless they had gone to like only one. Uh, no, I think but, had they gone to multiple times, it would have been way too much and would have not worked. I think they should have ended in the far future talking to aliens. Yeah, fuck yeah. Well, we'll definitely talk about that towards the end of the podcast because we always do our "What would you have done differently?" I and want I, aliens. I want I aliens. And everything. The plan yeah. for this. I want anyway. aliens in Game of Thrones. So, long story short, <laughs> like, I'm the only one who really doesn't like this movie that much. Yeah, right. That's okay. I'm gonna argue the shit out of it. Hi, I'm Aaron Engel, comedian and stuff. You can find me on Twitter at Aaron underscore a underscore Engel. That's Aaron with an E, an angle with an I at the beginning of it, and an E at the end of it. Should I write this down? <laughs> it's really weird to say out loud. Um, I'm a producer at Punchline Comedy Shows, Jaitai and Capitol Hill, and uh, you can find me hosting a monthly roast show, Second Saturdays, there. Come on by. Back to the Future 3, um, I would put it... I would probably just rank it second of the three, although uh, I think I'd probably still rank it. I'd rank it third. I think that it goes uh, in order. First best, second, second best, third, third best. But I also have the most memorable moments from the second one. And so, but I dug it. I dug it. I didn't see it when it came out. I saw it, you know, many years down the line. Because I was a tiny baby child when it came out. I liked westerns. My dad was really into westerns and stuff. So I thought, oh, this is like the fun Back to the Future thing. But it's western. I gotta watch this. I think the the old west is great. I mean, who doesn't love Michael J. Fox as a little cowboy too? I think that that might have been the lead motivator and why to put it in the old west. Hi, I'm Justin Minnick, um, local filmmaker and weirdo. <laughs> I guess if you want to find me on Twitter, I am at AxonSpark. Axon, like, that part of the neuron that we all love so much that sends messages, and Spark isn't what happens between the neurons and the dendrites. So, I don't hate it. (laughs) Which I guess, you know, isn't a ringing endorsement of it. Um, 
Uh, but I do feel like it's the weakest of the three movies. And the thing is, is that you kind of have to have Back to the Future 3 because of how Back to the Future 2 sets things up. I mean, I like the, the technological constraints of it, of first having to like create a new time circuit in the, in the 50s and uh, then try to figure out how to get a car that doesn't work up to 88 miles an hour in the, 18, in the 1880s. But I don't know, it just... It, it doesn't feel very necessary in a way. Like, I mean, it, I kind of feel like that, that these are things that could have been resolved in the second one. But then again, I don't know. I kind of like, I do kind of like the, uh, the, the moral at the ending that, you know, the future is what you make it. So make it a great one. Let's sure. take a look at how the movie is remembered. We're trying to answer is, is this movie remembered fairly? So we got to see how it's remembered to do that. So I uh, pulled up some Rotten Tomatoes, IMDb, and Metacritic for fan consensus, and then I also pulled up Rotten Tomatoes and Metacritic for critics to get both to see what's what. Uh, so for Back to the Future 3, fan consensus is actually at 79% off of those three websites, and critical consensus is wow. at 65, 65%. Wow. So it's a pretty good. big split. Critics seem to think the movie wasn't great, Fans seem to like it just fine. What was the fan? Seventy nine percent. All right. Yeah. What did Roger Ebert say? That's what I want to know. That's all I really care about. He's dead. He's a cinema genius. He's also... uh, so I actually compared this to Back to the Future one and two just to get a sense. Back to the Future one fans were ninety percent, critics were ninety one. So oh, everybody wow. likes that movie. Yeah. It's a good movie. Yeah. Back to the Future two yeah. fans were eighty three. Mm-hmm. And critics were 60. It's actually yeah. the lowest critical. Because it's the worst of them. No! But, <laughs> it is absolutely the worst of them. Uh, but the fan so consensus <laughs> is lowest for Back to the Future 3. 79%, although that is higher than anything we've done on the show before. It's still the lowest of the three, which is, I still think that's interesting. Wow, 83 and 60. Yeah, 83 and 60. That's bazonkers. So yeah, Back to the Future 3, 79% fan consensus, 65% critical consensus. So we're trying to determine if that is a fair remembrance of this film. Well, and we'll answer that at the ooh. end. Until then. Until then. Fucking Stay sit tuned. in suspense, baby. Oh, is this like a break thing? No. <laughs> not for you. Uh, but, I mean, I'll probably edit something else in there. Until then, keep on listening to Too Many Men in the Morning. <laughs> Slap chop. <laughs> All right. Uh, so question one. Normally question one is, is this movie utter garbage? And that's not a fair question for this movie. Because obviously it's not. Uh, I was going to say yes, Justin. It's a, lo- yeah. it's a lovely romp. Yes. Yeah, so, I just love, I love the smell of garbage. I, mean, I do have a garbage palette. Like, I love all the Transformers movies. <laughs> Wait, did you say you have a garbage pail kid? I have a garbage palette. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, he, has I, a, he has a large wooden palette. see my garbage pail <laughs> garbage. Like, if you and, give him uh, two rotten bananas, he can tell you which one's better. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> better this to eat is, or better to uh, rot? Like, I, lo- I love, I love, you know, like, a lot of people, this a lot of people, like they like <laughs> shitty movies from like the eighties or like, like B movies from like uh, yesteryear. I love shitty blockbusters that are made now. Yeah. I, yeah. What's your favorite of those? Like the Transformers movies? I, the trans- Guardians of the Galaxy. They just get uh, that movie's not I, even a shitty movie. It's that's just not good. garbage. No. John, you shut up. John hates that movie. It's John, so weird. You and I should talk. Uh, and you it, hate that movie too? It's fine. It was a fine. I watched it and I was like, was wow, this is in fact a movie. I mean, but it has cartoon. Chris Pratt, so people are like, this is the juice. But it kind of yeah. is the juice. It Chris Pratt really is, is the juice in because here's the thing: we are Groot. 
We are Groot. We are Groot. No, Groot. Yeah, I'm convinced. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, The reason I like these movies from the 80s, like Back to the Future so much, is that they have, like, substance, you know? Like, we're wrestling with questions of, like, what happens if you change a moment in your life? Like, what happens in that life? What happens if you date your mother? That's a a question in that movie. What happens if you want to date your mother, but you're not supposed to? I mean, but, you obviously also kind of go back in time. So he's like, you I know you on. So, Disclaimer: You're so, you're so ha, ha, thin. Remember that scene? <laughs> you can go to the prom with your mom, but only if it's to save your future siblings. Ah, oh, that's and a song. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so instead of asking, is this a garbage movie? Let's. Uh, let's talk about what is not good about this movie. Like, why why is it that it has the lowest fan consensus of all three of the Back to the Futures? I think because of the Western thing. I you think, think so? Yeah, because it's People all... didn't like Westerns in 1990? Yeah, yeah well, the, yeah, the Western... Two the, years well, later, it was Young still, Guns, the, and everyone The other was happy. two movies aren't Western movies. It's or, a time uh, travel movie. It's yeah, the, a, you know, uh, it just... Uh, it, this one was quite different from the rest. Just for that, just because, like, you could look at it and be like, oh, they're in the Western, and I don't... Want to watch that? Yeah, but do you think that enough is that alone is yeah. enough? Because Back to the yeah. Future Two, like you go to the future and it's well, that looks cool. so different from Back. You were blinded 1. by the fact that it looks so cool because the future stuff they did looks really cool. That's true. It does. They did a really good job. Yeah, all so the stuff they're like really creating a world. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah they but, do a really good job. But the movie's crap. Yeah, but that's the back, but Back to the Future <laughs> Three. Every time you say that, I'm gonna bristle. That's no, okay. It's <laughs> All kinda, night long. It's kind of steampunk. You can't say that like people are generally don't like westerns or something. I mean, some people really like westerns, and for them, I think it's like it doesn't matter. That's a western thing. That's what they want to see. I think. Yeah. So I feel like it's a matter of taste. Correct me if I'm wrong, Ryan, but what you're saying is not that uh, people dislike westerns, but that people don't like it when a thing that they love changes. I think it changed the look of the movie significantly enough. Oh, like yeah. in the previews and yeah. everything. What's well, it? Because you want it is, change. They do. Uh, because yeah. it's but like it's like if you change movie, in a direction is that is too far from where you wanted it to go, or like where the collective consciousness of what should happen should go, then you have this kind of outcry. I mean, I you mean, know, the prequels sense. is a really good example of that. The plot's an echo of a thing. They're trying to reverse some mistake they've made by going back. It's him dying. Yeah. They're trying to set up the some sort of... Uh, way to get the time machine to work because they need some kind of element always but you know this one they're using the train to push it before they need the lightning bolt it's the same thing they're yeah. always in the town yeah uh they're always fighting biff is it too much of the <laughs> same thing do you think it, it might be uh, that that could be it because yeah. it really they i mean <laughs> i like how they echo everything and but it, it could be like well my tired of it, echoed the it in a more creative around. way that was a little more different than what they did. I my, think. my favorite. Well, they're like it's in the West, so it's different. I like right. I, the second one. Felt like an episode of Sliders to me. That's that's what I like mm-hmm. about that's that cool. one. That's cool. The uh, my my favorite my favorite callback uh, from the third one is when uh, Michael J. Fox says, "Great Scott." I know. And then uh, Doc goes, "This is that was heavy." Or, <laughs> that dude, that <laughs> like, is the it, juice. It, it was, I love it was, that. It had a really it had a really good timing to what it. What scene yeah. was that? I don't remember that. Uh, it was. It was towards the end. I don't. Yeah, I don't remember when it was. I think it was yeah. is it when the tombstone broke. I don't know, but that is uh, one of my favorite moments in the movie. I yeah. love that moment. Well, um, and I just I love. What do you I want fucking on love their relationship. Like I know uh, their friendship is so fun, and yeah. uh, like they definitely like carry about it. they carry about each other, you know. And like you're never, but you're never gonna see a movie now. About an old man <laughs> and his, his young and, friend. His, and his young companion, Nambla to the future. Yeah, well, yeah. 
What and he was like a father but, figure to him. Right, and but that's the thing. Like, but then he fixed his father, and so he's got two father it was figures. So, and it's like, so like I don't the, know. their that's relationship good, is so like pure and innocent. Yeah. You know, it's like they are just like they relate to they relate with each other in the level that like they don't have with other people. Well, because you got Doc Brown, who's basically just a big kid. Like he's a trust fund baby. He's got all this money, so he just sticks around at home and invents. Like he never had to go out in the world and really. Uh, learn how to like exist in corporate society. He just like makes shit. So he's still a little kid. And Marty McFly, arguably, is a very mature teenager who's yeah. like able to deal with bigger situations than a lot of us would be able to. Well, he's so the two of them are actually on kind of like an even keel as far as like maturity <coughs> and maybe even life wow. experience because Marty's like a cool kid who gets out and lives a lot. Yeah. So they really are like the perfect pair. Um, do you think that? Do you think that they were thrust together? Uh, more out of happenstance or do you think like I wonder about this sometimes like Marty's going over to Doc Brown's house to play guitar and to check out cool inventions do you think like he really feels that friendship that Doc feels in the first movie I, d- I definitely think he does by the third movie but in the first one I wonder like I think is, he kind of takes it for granted yeah maybe like, I think he I mean, doesn't seem that thankful that he's over wrecking Doc's wrecking amplifier, Doc's amplifier. You know? yeah. he destroys that amplifier um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he but they become like really close and by the they third do one yeah I mean, the relationship is the driving force of the movies, and I do love seeing them get closer over time. Well, and he I, seems pretty upset when he gets shot at the beginning. That's like right at the beginning of the first one. I mean, yeah, I think yeah, I'd be upset if I that saw might be like the beginning. Shot. I don't know. I think that they're. I feel like they'd been friends for maybe a long time. I don't know how. I mean, Marty I hasn't even been alive that long. <laughs> well, I think it's more of a wizard, Mr. Wizard relationship. Yeah. Like, you know, Mr. Wizard has all those kids come over. Hey, yeah. Marty, let's show how you, this is what happens when you add sodium to water. No, no, no. <laughs> that's not how you, you idiot. <laughs> it, it also brings up the question of like, uh, in time travel, there's two different mechanisms that are generally put out there in sci-fi films. You have the one where... We always went back in time. So everything yeah. we've gone back and done has always happened. It's the only kind that works. Or the second one where you go back in time, it changes the future and you can break the future, which is obviously what's happening in these movies. Uh, but like your, they, your own timeline gets screwed up by something you did. Right. Exactly. That's but then there that's, are doesn't make any sense. There are moments where it seems like they're trying to say that maybe like they always went back in time, you know, like, mm. uh, the one in particular that sticks out to me is the, the whole Chuck Berry thing where he's playing Johnny Be Good and then yeah. the guy calls Chuck Berry and says, like, this is the song. It's like, did that song exist or did Marty bring it back and that's why it exists? My, yeah. my first impression was that in his original world that he was from in the beginning of the movie, there was no Chuck Berry. You think so? There was no famous Chuck Berry. And maybe, maybe Rock and Marty roll was invented wrote by that song? <laughs> I think that th- they didn't think that hard about it when they wrote the first one and they're like, you know, it'd be a fun gag. Is I the think following. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I wonder. I I wonder about that because because the first movie seems like insanely well thought out to me. Like nothing seems accidental to me. It's, it seems so tight. It's such a tight yeah, script. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. uh, still his hand is all disappearing. They're just making up the rules as they go. Yeah, well, you know, it's, it's time. That's, that's fine as long as you make up rules and you have a consistent internal logic. You know. Yeah, that happens you every time. You, even if you don't. I think with time travel, I think it's, it's really a movie and it's all yeah, about to maintain fun, that. Baby. But I, but I think that <laughs> that logic that was introduced in the first movie doesn't really happen right in the third movie and that's that's something that I agree with wholeheartedly and that's something that really bothers me about the third movie like the tombstone that just the, like the letters go away yeah well that's the same yeah. thing that was happening with the picture of his brothers right. and sister right. sisters and brothers right. yeah. and then he's like got his arm around nothing yeah, like when, yeah. The, when the sister's disappearing yeah well, we'll <laughs> I, actually, there's, I actually <laughs> we'll come back to this plot hole thing because that's that's something we're going to talk about in a bit but is there anything else about this movie that people think might be bad uh, Dan, is there anything you don't like about it? You seem so gung ho about it. Yeah, I mean, 
like the 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 final scene I mm. love because it wraps everything up very neatly, but that but fucking also, tra- that, that train, train uh, is Yeah, that train's rough. Okay. Because huh. they're all still wearing like 1880s garb, right? Did they fucking build that thing? How did they build that in 1885? It doesn't mean well, no, he's, make he's any... traveling to the future now. He can go anywhere he wants. He's getting yeah. all but the technology did, but he needs. How did, but, but, how did, but, but without, but without uh, the time machine that was sent back to 1985, how do you even build that shit with the existing technology? You're maybe Doc Brown. You fucking figure it out. Well, maybe it was Is that what happened? almost I thought that he, thing, and I then he, he still went had a to machine. the future. Well, there is still a time machine yeah, in 1885, but if you fuck with it, then Marty can't uh, use it to get back because that's the one that Marty's going to use to get back. Oh, so right. you really can't touch that time machine. So, like I, I read a lot of stuff online where people are like, well, he went back to 1885 and the original time machine is still there. That's true, but they really can't touch it. Uh, it's locked away in that cavern where they're going to find it in the very beginning of the movie. Could do in some tricky time stuff to make a duplicate of it appear? I mean, uh, I feel like you could like figure out a way to do that. You could, I guess, you could like fuck with that original time machine and then and fix why, it in 1885. Why would he make it a train? That's so impractical. Like, yeah, he, I agree with my that. theory uh, is that it was just like a less cool version of that train, and then they went for, real far into the future, and then they got upgrades. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, and then they came back to Marty it's to be like, "Peace, still, dog." Still, though. Like it was only a train, so it could uh, reappear on those train tracks at that moment. Wait, you know, it all the stuff like, existed uh, yeah. in the 1800s to do all the things we have now. All you need to do is get the right yeah. stuff happening. I mean, I guess that's true. Like the the raw materials to make an iPhone existed back then. They just didn't have like the infrastructure what? of manufacturing he, in place I mean, to do how it. How did he make the 1.21 gigawatts? Well, plutonium. <laughs> he he figured out how to get plutonium. Also, how come even how did they do that? He built a, a hadron. They don't collider. have plutonium. Oh, they have the Mister Garbage attached to the one yeah. that they the Mister run Fusion, down yeah. the run down the tracks. <laughs> so they don't need Mr. the they don't need the power anymore. Oh, that's a good point. I guess they don't need the power anymore. Yeah. And then how come when he's like in the second one when when Doc is floating and he gets struck by lightning, it immediately takes him back in time when he's not even at eighty eight miles an hour. That's right. He's not. I, yeah. I feel like Doc Brown can be like writing letters, like, "Hey, uh, send back three more time machines." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and just leave it in a mailbox, and then a time machine appears. Yeah. It's like uh, I, Bill and Ted. Bill and Ted. Yeah. Like, I'm I, gonna leave keys here, dude. One, one of my here favorite, it is. <laughs> one of my favorite parts of the second movie was Doc saying, "We got to dismantle the time machine because it's causing all of these like breaks in time, and we're gonna destroy our own existence." But then in the third movie. Uh, he throws that all out the window at the very end. He's just like, well, I'm going to make another. My family's going to travel all the time. Yeah, because he's I in agree. love. Yeah, love throws all logic out the window. Yeah, man. Yeah. There's yeah. No, more, no more rules once you're in love. Once yeah. you have it is a nice like button to the movie. And it was it really nice good. seeing Doc fall in love. It's yeah. so endearing. It really it's really cute. Because he, he gives a he's whole a speech lover. about, like, it's illogical. I won't fall in love. And then he sees and it and he's just like... Remember, he didn't plan for a Mary Steenburgen. And science can't teach you about... Those beautiful brown eyes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we should get to Ryan's crush. Oh, we should. Clara. Let's let's address it right now. Ooh. Ryan is in love with Mary Steenburgen. You said that there's a part in the movie where it kind of gets boring and and not a lot happens, but that is the part that is full of Mary Steenburgen. <laughs> That's the and part that gets she's boring, got, if you know what I mean. She's got different dresses on. She looks real good. She got a purple dress. <laughs> she's real sweet uh. and she likes him she seems like a very nice lady and she's quite pretty mm-hmm. and if you have a time traveling movie get 
you some Mary Steen Virgin <laughs> and put her in that movie. Uh, Back to the Future Part Three, time after time, probably a different another one. Ooh, wow! Have you seen? Uh, no, I asked you this. I think you said no. Have you seen The Last Man on Earth with Will Forte? Last Man on Earth, not a time travel movie, but similar. I have. But Mary Steen Virgin's in it, and she's incredible. Yeah. She's amazing. She's always amazing. Uh, okay, <laughs> moving on. Will Forte is. Do we have named. to move on? Can we talk more about Mary Steenburgen? Uh, you you you're, you're tuning into the Mary Steenburgen crush program. <laughs> Too many Mary so Steenburgen many in the morning. <laughs> so many curls she has. I know when it was made, it came pretty close on the heels of the second part. Three was a pretty big leap from there. Like it was much more about Doc, wasn't it? And a little less about Marty. And everybody loved Marty, so I could see how uh, shifting the attention there might might throw some of the fan base. Even though she was a babe, whoever that uh, old western front woman was. Mary Steenburgen with her long flowing curly locks and her uh, plot device dress. <laughs> Classic. But yeah, I mean, that love story didn't blow my skirt up. We love Doc, but he's like he was somehow kind of the central character in that movie, but not really the protagonist still. Like, Marty was still the, the one who were following, but it was so much more about Doc, who still can't get his, you know, get his shit right. Doc just keeps getting into trouble with the freaking biff of the past. I, I don't think it's a bad movie. I mean, I think, I just think it's an okay movie, you know? Um, like when I think about Back to the Future, I mean, like obviously, like the first one was great, and I really like the second one. But when I think, but you know, the third, I'm just kind of like, eh, you know, it's like, yeah, it's just, I don't know, it just doesn't really excite me, like the other ones does, and I don't know if that's because they're kind of taking the same premises and like and sort of using them over again just in different circumstances yeah I, I don't I don't think I don't think it's a garbage movie like obviously when you talked about the prequels like yeah garbage it's kind of like an appendix in a book <laughs> that's that's how I kind of think of it it's like it's a, or like an epilogue or, or or something like that and yeah it kind of seems like a recycling of of the the premises they had in the earlier movies okay question two does the movie expand the universe? This is in reference to... <laughs> the Martyverse? Yeah, the Martyverse, like the Back to the Futureverse. <laughs> Does it make it feel like the, the world of Back to the Future is expanding or contracting with the addition of the third movie? And also, in the general sci-fi sense, I mean, you got these movies where time travel becomes possible. It makes the universe feel fucking huge in the first two movies. Does the third movie continue that trend or diminish it? I think it's a smaller story. It's the whole. It's a more intimate story, so I think the world just feels smaller. Yeah. But I think it. They're like uh, to me. They're definitely expanding on the universe when they're adding in a new time period. And like the 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 universe also includes the characters, and like Doc is like a whole new human man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then you have and then you have the the McFly ancestors. Uh, oh yeah. Which no, I. I and that's where he I, I love that I love yeah. I was uh, 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 when like Marty finally learns his lesson from his ancestors right yeah. and oh uh, it was if, if you stick to something you'll get good at it or something no, 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 to no, not, not care to be, people call you chicken yeah, yeah. don't don't let the like because then because because uh, Seamus is like 
He's like you're playing. You're playing his game. You're, oh, you're following right. his rules. Yeah, I have to go Seamus far back. McFly is such a great character, mm-hmm. and he's so well played. And he looks exactly like Steve Zahn from Out of Sight. <laughs> yeah. Where's why is Steve Zahn in this movie all of a sudden? That's why. Yeah. That's why I love what, Look at that mustache. When when <laughs> when when uh, Buford. Where's try- your hat? When, when when Buford's trying to get him to come out to to gunfight. Uh, and, and, uh, he's, Marty's like, he's an asshole. Who cares what he thinks? Yeah. You know, like, that's like, fine. That's his turning point, right? That he, is a good moment. Come uh, out, dude. That is I, the thing that, is, yeah, the characters do kind of change finally in this last film. Like yeah. he, he stops, he stops getting in- all riled up and then doc learns to have a complete life. <laughs> Yeah, I would have. I would have so much years. preferred to see them change because of something that happened because of their time travel. But it, well, did. it did. No, it no, did. no, no, no. In like a more direct way, like dreams. in a more intense, like stakes way, where, uh, like the second movie, I feel like they're learning that their actions have these insane consequences, and that's helping them grow. In the third movie, uh, it's like you don't have to fight a bully, and that's great, and I love that for Marty. But the stakes of that are nowhere near as high as all of. Like, yeah. of, like the timeline's gonna break. I think Never that mind. they're yeah. saving Clara's life. They're saving Doc's and life. Death, they're saving right? lives. Sa- yeah, it's important, right? They're gonna be shot, falling into the bottom of a ravine. They're taking what they've learned in their adventures, and they're like, "We know that we can change history. We yeah. can save people. Yeah, and we yeah. can save the people that we care about." Next, but they, they decide not to do that and, and then keep doing it accidentally. I also think that if they learned via time travel again in the third one, it feels like they probably didn't learn that much in the second one. You know, if but it's like three days. Give them some time. Let them process yeah. their experiences. I, I think they should go ahead and time travel. I just think do it in a less <coughs> conspicuous vehicle, like mm. you like know. a train. Like, yeah, like a flying train. Like a flying goddamn Batmobile. Get something. Like, sure. <laughs> they just ripped it off, Michael Keaton. What about invisible. a sea do? Like a, a water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got. We got to reach Wait, 140 knots, yeah. Marty. <laughs> we accidentally landed in a place where there was no water. That would be great. <laughs> where we're going, we're not going to need water. <laughs> it's a flying boat. So <laughs> I feel like I feel like the movie does not expand on the universe that much. I feel. I know and what you're I feel, saying. I only I feel think, like the, yeah. which is not necessarily bad. You know, I mean, the universe is very rich. It doesn't necessarily need to be made bigger. Although I would have preferred that. But there is a moment in the movie that makes the whole thing kind of fall apart to me, which is uh, this plot hole that I can't get my I can't get my brain out of. I just get stuck in it. It's w- like was it was it that was it that the uh, the scale the, the 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 model wasn't to scale. <laughs> <laughs> That took me right out of it. But, you know, once he apologized for it, I felt okay about it. Uh, Was it that Marty McFly's mom looks the same as someone on his dad's side of the family? The McFly's have a Honestly, that does bother me. That does, it does bother me. I don't care because Leah Thompson's a really good actor. That's true. I'll forgive it because it's like the trope that they're going with. It's the thing where, uh, so on Doc's gravestone, it says like his beloved Clara. But then when they go back in time, when Doc meets Clara, it's when she's about to die. And it's Clayton Ravine, right? They all know it as Clayton Ravine. So if if Doc meets her and saves her in the time that Marty's not there, it still is not Clayton Ravine. So the fact that it's Clayton Ravine doesn't make sense. Right. It is a yes. that is a pretty glaring hole. We don't know yeah. that she. I mean, Are we I think, interpreting it right? That's what I'm. Confused. I think she falls in later because she was brand new to the town. It's weird to name the ravine after someone who just moved there. Oh, you think she fell in? Either I think. Way? I think oh, interesting. Maybe interesting. in the original universe, she she didn't fall in immediately and then fell in like forty years later. I don't know if I buy that though, because mm. Marty's like, well, everyone knows about the school teacher who fell into Clayton Ravine. Yeah. You know. Right. But, but she's arriving with all of her school stuff. 
I mean, in what other situation? Like, she just got to the town. Is she, like, leaving the town with all of her school stuff? I don't no. know if I buy that. No. no. Maybe she got pushed into the ravine by yeah. Buford Tannen. Although, I did interview... Nice. Uh, I interviewed Justin and Aaron earlier today, and I can't remember which one of them said it. I think it was Justin who said it, that maybe uh, maybe Doc did change it from Clayton Ravine, and he just doesn't know that because he's been time-traveling this whole time. So maybe to everyone else, it hasn't been Clayton Ravine um, ever since he went back in time the first time. It's just the two of them don't know that because they keep jumping around through time. Uh, I still I don't know, know if I buy that. I know, Whoa. They, he saves her from falling you, in my mind before is... he meets her. <laughs> exactly. That's the problem. Yeah. Yeah, that's the problem. Yeah, so that big thing, like even the first time as a kid that I watched this, if I'm remembering correctly, I just trip up on that and then I, it pulls me out of the movie and maybe that's why I feel like the middle section is slower because I'm literally doing like calculations to try to figure out how I can fill this plot <clears throat> hole so it yeah. stops bothering me. I no. think there probably is a way. I feel that they probably had meetings about this. Like, this is a plow. This doesn't make any sense. They probably thought about it, right? They probably I said, like, wait a second. No, it sense. does make sense. But they might have been talking gibberish and thinking yeah. it wasn't gibberish. I think it was probably, they were probably like, ah, it doesn't matter. Or they that's what it this. feels like. That's, keep that's keep my going! Way. They got us so, got a movie to finish. <laughs> the, the third one feels, it feels rushed to me. I know they shot two and three back to back. Yeah. It felt like they threw all, their whole wad into, season, into episode two. And then the third one episode into the second movie. Yeah. And in the third one, they uh, they were just kind of running on steam. Like everyone looks a little really? more tired. Much lower budget. Just yeah, it doesn't seem as big of a budget. Yeah. They don't even have to finish. The town's not even done. It's like it's watching like, like an, a season of television <laughs> where you have episodes that, that are like bottle why. shows. You know, <laughs> it feels like a bottle show. It it doesn't. Uh, you know what? Yeah. Wait, are we gonna talk about like how we would change it? Yes. Good. I, I get I, ready for this. But I think I think what you're saying about. Does it expand on the universe? In a way, the thing is that, yeah, in the first movie, the plot is going back in time caused this this uh, mistake. You can mess your timeline up. The yeah. second movie is like, here's what happens if you mess a timeline up and then go way into the future. You create this crazy alternate timeline that is so drastically different. Yeah. And then they go back and fix it. And then the third movie, it's kind of the same as the first movie. Exactly. Right? Yeah. They're just, okay, we're going to the past. We can change it. We've already done it. Totally. Now we're doing it again. It's, there's, there's no new challenge, really. Right. And that bothers the shit out of me. Yeah. I want something new with the space-time continuum that we haven't seen yet. You know, yeah, I want them the to new, go into a new thing. What's the new challenge? The time I have, I have, a, I have something. one. Uh, when we get to what we change, I have, I have one. one. Oh, they're time travelers okay. from the futures. That's Na- Naomi solid. called it a reverse It's a Wonderful Life. And I thought that was funny. Huh. <laughs> Your life is not that important and can be erased at any time. <laughs> YOLO, I think. It's just a life. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, 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 it's just a life. Just a sack of meat. <laughs> Everything had already been established as far as what it takes to time travel and what the cause and effect are. Like, those are the, in time travel movies, those to me are the big questions. Are what happens once you change something. The way that Back to the Future uh, dealt with that in the first movie was the most fun I've had watching a, t- a time travel movie because you, you know, with the, with the picture erasing itself and like uh, in, the, in the future and then the, um, what is it, and Marty kind of losing his uh, whole being in the past, those two things simultaneously I loved watching that. Once I was old enough to get it, like I loved watching that and thinking, okay, so if you if you mess with the past, it does have an effect. I guess in Back to the Future 3, the stakes aren't there the same. Like, 
that question's already been answered. So it's really just like it didn't have as much uh, as much drama. Maybe it didn't expand the universe. I like I really like the way that you described that. Like it just didn't ask any new questions. All right, question three. Uh, does the visual style support the storytelling? Bippity boppity boo, yeah. Yeah, no one's going to say these movies don't look fantastic constantly yeah. all the time. <laughs> That's super true. Yeah. No one would say such a thing. The, yeah. cos- the costume design is incredible in this it movie. Is. Yeah. This is the one thing where I have nothing negative to say. Like, from a cin- cinematography standpoint, from like set design, costume design, special effects, 100%. I'm the so on board with like all of it. Totally bought it. Yeah. Yeah. It's movies, so fresh looking. Yeah. Yeah. It's so green. You're like, well, I didn't know. No, like that's just yeah. looks like grass. Back like in time, the manure, manure is fresher. <laughs> I remember when manure was green. <laughs> it's like a nua with a ma in front of it. <laughs> ah. You see, it's soft. It's ma- that's a... George Casanza. <laughs> I just love that that... And nua. I love that the, the Tannen family is just forever cursed to get shit poured on them. Yeah, yeah, totally. And you know, they hate shit. <laughs> shit boys. Well, you would too. I hate shit. Yeah. Uh, I, I hate manure. shit. I hate manure. I always have. Yeah, we all always hate will. shit. Now on to the end. What's the actor's <laughs> name who plays like, Biff, Buford, and Griff? What's the actor's name? <laughs> Griff. Oh, with the actor's name? Yeah. I don't, I don't remember. He's so yeah. good. I mean, he's oh, so... Buford? Buford's incredible. Buford's amazing. Him, uh, after yeah. he shoots Marty McFly, and he's like... Ah, shuck scene. He's like, thank you. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, that's great. He's like weird and awkward at the same time. It's it's delightful. He's a creepy. I love when uh, uh, Marty McFly's like, hey, lighten up, jerk. (laughs) And he's like, mighty strong words, dude. (laughs) Yeah. I love that everyone says dude. Yeah. Everyone says dude in 1855. It's so good. Oh my god. Um, You're right. That's the best line in like lighten up, jerk. Yeah, I, so we all agree 100%. Yes, the visuals do support the storytelling. Oh, yeah. Because, yeah. like, the, st- the visual With style the is very the much. train at the end. I even oh, yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. I even think the train, like for what they're trying to do with the train, that the it's definitely the train it definitely is beautiful. Works. The uh, train for 1990. Oh my god! Cool. Oh my cool god! Did you guys see that the, one of the kids, either Jules or Vern, I don't know which one, is like t- is like pointing to his penis and like making a really weird face in that last scene? Everyone looked at my crotch <laughs> when I did that. You know when what you I'm talking about? At it? No, yeah. I didn't notice. <laughs> yeah, we're like I made a wee wee to look when things point. No, like look this up online. It's really terrifying. It's in the film. He like points. At his dick and makes a horrible face. <laughs> so Tom, Thomas F. Wilson, that's the Thomas actor. F. Wilson, yeah, wonderful actor, plays Biff. <sighs> he's yeah. really good in uh, Freaks and Geeks. Oh yeah, have you ever seen? He's uh, in Freaks and Geeks. Yeah, uh, April he's, Fool's Day is old. He, he's the gym coach, right? Yeah, he's wow. the coach. Yeah, he's really good. Remember the one with a? I never saw that a, show. Oh, it's really good. I the saw one like one. Ep- I saw the Rush episode. They, where he plays yeah. Rush drums. There's so. one where they 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 have a sex ed class and he's teaching sex ed class and then the kids get a hold of a, of a porno and it really messes that main kid up until <laughs> until the, oh. the coach sits him down and like gives him a talk and it's a wonderful scene. Because they just play music and you don't hear what they're talking about, but the kid goes from looking horrified to being like to like laughing about it. Yeah, he's one of those actors that just like becomes his role, and like you you see it in his eyes and you believe that he is that person. Biff or the kid from Freaks and Geeks? Uh, Biff. Biff. Gotcha. Yeah. Biff. Because he's also. It's Biff Griffin. Buford. Buford. Buford Tannen. Mad Dog. I hate that name. (laughs) (laughs) It's because he's a tendency to drool and was vicious. Call me Buf. Buf. Hey, Buf. Uh, okay. And that was the name of his his gnarly hoverboard from the future, right? What? What? It was Mad Dog, right? Oh. When they called the Wait. Mad Dog, his like... 
Really? His like scary future hoverboard. Oh, I don't think so. Great, if that's true, that's I a think it was. It had a dog a, on it. That girl says, <laughs> "I got a something dog now." Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's great. We gotta look that up right look now. It up. I'm looking it up. Yeah. Looking it up. Play the look up music. Cue the music. I don't remember where it goes from there. That was very cool. As someone who lacks musical abilities, that was very fun to watch. I like that. Like these, these songs are just like etched, etched in our brains. They're so iconic. You guys did three separate parts. It was incredible. And there's another. The music in these finales—it's so triumphant too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Man. When, it, when it's when the, the like this when it build when yeah, it's building up it to is, the music, it is called a mad dog. Are you serious? Yeah. It's the mad dog. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. I thought it was a pit bull. No, she's like I have a pit bull now. You know what I like? I mean, is, he's looking is, at it. What it's, I like is it's a drawing of it, but it has the design on it. What I, what I like is the music that they play yeah, during. Mad dog. Mad dog. Let me see that shit. This little drawing. You can barely see huh. it. It does say Mad Dog. That's very, incredible. Very interesting for the. But doesn't the girl call it a pit bull? I don't know. I don't think so. I mean, I I like how in these like really suspenseful scenes, there's like this music that's like not the main theme yet, and it's do 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 do. It's like just you hear drums and like yeah, notes. it's so well scored. Uh, and I'm gonna put that music all sound, over this podcast. It's gonna be who, awesome. Who the visuals, the sound, everything's great. Uh, uh, Alan Silvestri. Was it Alan Silvestri? Yes. And he did... Uh, I got him mixed up with somebody else. Yeah. Alan Silvestri. And uh, Jerry, we got mixed up with Jerry Goldsmith, who did, yeah. who did Predator. No. It no? was Alan Silvestri did all that stuff. Alan Silvestri did Predator? I just got the name mixed up. Yeah. Okay. I just said the wrong name. And I love Predator. Because <laughs> I didn't great. do my research. No, it is Pitbull. Sorry, sorry Marty. It is Pitbull. I didn't have time to paint it. <laughs> I wonder if the, oh, the hip-hop the, guy Pitbull named himself after the, the mean hoverboards. Well, he did, I, yeah. I think he yeah. Does, Is that really hip-hop? He does kind of look like a Pitbull, doesn't he? Doesn't he? He looks he like does. a ping-pong ball with aviators. <laughs> <laughs> you, can just, you can just buy these. You can just buy replicas of this. Oh, shit, I want that. I want a hoverboard This is all I'm looking wall. at right now. If someone listens to this podcast and wants to buy me a hoverboard, I want the pink Mattel one, and I want it to scale, and I want it on my wall. Not one of those hoverboards that has a wheel on it, because that's not a hoverboard. But does so one of them says Mad Dog on it though? No, it says Pitbull. It just okay. Hey, only fifteen grand. Oh, that's it. Yeah. Oh, it actually hovers then. Unlike a certain Mr. Lucas, uh, the yeah, I think the visuals do do support the storytelling. I mean, I know this is pre-CG, and you know that that golden age of optical printer, printers and scale models and, and all that. But yeah, so the so you do, you don't really have a whole lot of that in the third one, and because you, you don't really need it. Like in the second one, of course, you know everything's fucking flying around. So yeah, you need like all sorts of like flying cars and and whatnot, what have you. And this, you know, I think they keep to the essentials. Um, you know, like the the Old West, it feels like the Old West. It's very, 
very dirty and gritty. And I like that they made it that way, and, and it kind of highlighted how, like, you know, in the 50s when the Westerns were huge, um, you know, and they kind of, they kind of, uh, you know, fetishized that whole look. And so it's okay, like, dress up in this, like, pink cowboy suit with, like, tassels and, like, atomic symbols, and you'll be fine. <laughs> you know, and so, because, yeah, it's like, it's an idealized version of that aesthetic with a bunch of 50s, you know, Atomic Age stuff thrown on it. Then then he actually gets there. It's like, oh, yeah, this is not what people wear at all. <laughs> so, so yeah, I, so yeah, I think that, I think that that supports the story that um, I like the just the, the look of the technology seems like that's what you could get in the late 1800s. And so, yeah, the only like special effects really, I think it's like the train at the end. I think that was just the, the big effect in the film. Like, everything else really seemed practical. Um, and, you know, for your big ending, it's like, all right, you know, you have your your steampunk future-modded train that's going to, like, take off, you know, that's, uh, and, that, and that makes that makes sense. That's kind of how their, their endings go. You know, it's like, all right, and we're going on to the next thing, whatever that may be. So, yes, it supports the story. Okay, uh, question four. Does this film make you believe? Talking suspension of disbelief, do you go along for the ride? Yeah, Baby Dan. Uh, uh, All right. No. Dan DeRozier. Up until until that model not being up to scale. uh, Hell yeah. I, like, (laughs) all the way through that movie, that trilogy, I'm like, yep, I'm in. Yeah. Yeah. Belief. Disbelief suspended the entire. Except for that confusion about Clara. Yeah, except for that thing. Yeah, that just. But that's just for a second. I can. Oh, and and that and uh, when they try to make um, Leah Thompson look not so hot by making her have old makeup, and I'm like, I can see through that, and you're still so pretty. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) you're not an old lady. Although overall, the makeup in these movies is incredible. The aging makeup is about Mm -hmm. as good as you'll ever see. Uh, Lorraine is prone to being an alcoholic, and I feel like that's very sad. Yeah. Like in a lot of different versions of her future, she's an alcoholic. Hey, alcohol's good. People it's, like it. But she's like, <laughs> she's like, uses it as a thing to like keep her from feeling depressed. And it's very, oh it's, shit. Is that bad? It's troubling. Uh, no, it's just, it's Spe- just like, I feel bad for the character. Speaking of the makeup, did you guys know that this is the only time in cinema history that any actor was ever put in makeup to look like another actor without that other actor's permission? Oh, that was the Chris 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 Glover? Yeah. Uh, was he in the second one? No. Or just... No. no. Really? And the second and third one, there's a stand-in that looks just like him wearing a Crispin Glover mask. And Crispin think... Glover sued them and won, so that can never happen again. Wow. Yeah, it's now illegal to do that. Why did they... What was the... Oh, was yeah, the there beef? wasn't a law against so it before. He must have just not wanted to I actually to listened it. to Crispin Glover on, on uh, WTF, WTF with Mark Marin tell the whole story is really interesting. Oh, uh, and I think it's still like Marin's like the top 50 or hundred are always up for free. I think it's still up. Uh, so everyone should go listen to it. Cause it's really cool. Like Chris McGlover is fascinating, but basically at the end of the first movie, and this really ties into what I want to say about the third movie In the end of the first movie, when Marty comes back and his family is like wealthy and successful, Chris McGlover had a huge problem with that. Cause he said, you're basically saying that the moral of this tale is that if you go back and fix these moments in your past, you could come back to the future and, and be rich. More money. Yeah. And that being rich equals happiness. Which I actually completely disagree with. I don't think that's the message at all. I think the message is that when uh, when George McFly like 
grows a pair and fights for what he wants, he's a successful man. And that, and you're sure that comes with money. Yeah, it's but that that's he's not confidence. bad. It's that he yeah. has confidence now. Everyone he's, has he's confidence. He's a fucking sci-fi writer. Yeah. I think several of us in this room would probably like stab people to yeah, be a sci-fi writer professionally. I, I, see, I have. I see his, I like... <laughs> I, I don't uh, I don't think his point's invalid, but I, I yeah I do agree with you that it's like it's it, it's about like he finally believed in himself. Yes. It's about fulfillment, but also it, there's an undertone of class stuff going on. There. Totally. I think it's about the it's power a little love. slightly iffy, but that's but yeah, it was but the I do yeah, I don't think that's the point. It's, it's, it's I think the that, Reagan era. That's yeah. What, secret of my success. You know, everyone wanted to be Wall Street. Everyone wanted to be. Michael Rich. Douglas. Yeah. Uh, but so yeah, Crispin, Crispin Glover like was very vocal about thinking that that was the wrong way to go and he pissed off uh, Robert Zemeckis. He pissed off a bunch of people on set and he was not invited back. They, I mean, they made up eventually like he was back in Beowulf that Robert Zemeckis directed uh-huh. but it took yeah. a long time for them to kind of like mend that fence. Hmm. Really interesting. Wow. Yeah. Uh, who, uh, we're still on suspension of disbelief. Yeah. Who else? Uh, yeah, with with the exception of the train at the end, and there's one scene that, for whatever reason, uh, drove me nuts. Which and one? And it's immediately after Doc visits Clara, and it's the shot of him setting down the lavender, and then for whatever reason, her falling onto the bed. I was like, oh, <laughs> shut <laughs> <Yeah>. up. <laughs> uh, <huh. laughs> I, I mean, that. I forgot that part. Yeah. It's, so, it's, <laughs> it's so forgettable. It's so they're pretty silly. They're pretty cartoonish movies, but you still kind of are like, "That's fine. I believe it. It's real enough." Yeah. The the realness of the, the DeLorean being looking like a real car. It, yeah, I always believed it, especially when I was a kid. I guess. Yeah. Um, and it's not even not any harder to suspend I, my disbelief for these. I think I think now, like watching Back to the Future two. And like understanding like things like traffic laws and the flow of traffic, <laughs> the idea of flying cars is just like insane. Like I know what it's like when I drive. Yeah. Like, I would never want to drive a flying car. I, I, would... I gotta go to work. I better call the FAA. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's like, like okay. That work? First of all, they have traffic buoys up in the air. Second of all, Doc was wearing <laughs> yes. Doc was wearing those glasses that look just like the glasses we, I realized that we used for our pictures for the first episode, yes. right? Yeah. yeah. So Doc's wearing those glasses that I'm pretty sure have some sorts of head, heads up display yeah. inside. So he's like getting information fed the to him about lanes. where to be in the sky. Yeah. yeah. The, no, we can the, figure the cars, that out. The it's been I have faith. Use a, a, a set elevation, you know? That, yeah. Yeah, it's like it's a, it's a I think skyway. The question is, does it make any sense to do? And I don't think... No, it, it would be more believable if they were self-driving. Even if... Yeah, yeah what's... And sure. it's like, a person what's, with a heads-up display is going to crash, What's that the thing? benefit of, of flying? flying? None. No, because you run out of space on the ground. Yeah, so you, you got multiple... Yeah, but... More roads. But you look at when they land in Hill Valley, plenty of space for cars. That's because everyone That's likes flying all, all better. Up in the sky. Hey, yeah. no, if it's think, less money to like do fly and not ruin also, your tires, you know, no way. Better. What'll happen? Even if they had flying technology, it would still make more sense to build tunnels and have it all happen underground. Because people don't want shit above them at all times. That sounds awful. Yeah, it sounds yeah, very right. dangerous. But here's the thing. Well, we already have. It that, gives though. us the line roads. Where we're, we're going, <laughs> we don't need roads. Yeah. and that's worth it. Yeah, <laughs> fair. But we still need Wurlitzers. Well, I'm back in. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Making the car fly is a natural choice. And I'm right, yeah. cool as hell. It's so fucking rad. And like right in the beginning of the movie to be thrown into that is, yeah. uh, I mean, the first time I saw it, I was just like, holy shit, I love it. You know, I love it. I, Back to the Future 2 reminds me of when I first moved to Seattle. <laughs> and I I was, uh, my my ex and I went to Bumbershoot. And I was wearing, I had this like dinosaur costume and I, that I was wearing. And these two like young girls came up to us. 
Uh, and they're like, hey, I love your dinosaur costume. I was like, thanks, I love your Back to the Future 2 costumes. They're, <laughs> they're, they're wearing they like... they hipsters? They're, yeah, they're, oh, just, they're, wearing, they're wearing like super tight jeans with like big puffy like Nikes. Yeah. Uh, and like like their glasses were all like neon, and their shirt was like oversized, and like just said like just do it on it. Yeah, and I, and I was you know, and they're like what Back to the Future. I was like, you're not wearing. Is this just how you're? <laughs> oh, okay, uh, have a good day. <laughs> just yeah, dude. The the fashion of that yeah. movie is on point. Oh, it's it's it sounds so cool to me. And you know, it's, uh, so this is like uh, a little a little off off topic, but you know how like top knots are popular now. <laughs> What's right. a top knot? The top like knot, like a man bun. Oh, the man bun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So like, like the samurai bun yeah, on my, a, yeah, my a white bearded dude. Those. That's totally yeah. that's totally ripped off from Watchmen. Like there's that whole gang where everyone uh, the top like, knots. Yeah. Yeah, the whole gang. They have the shaved sides with the like the top knot. Okay. Uh, I don't think that's ripped off. Yeah, well, from what? I think that's ripped off from an ancient. Here it is. No, but but it's very specific where it's like all shaved on the sides except for like the strip on top that's like tied up into yeah, a button. Yeah, I huh. think that's probably like a, a Japanese hairdo. Maybe the Watchmen movie, the Zack Snyder movie, is what precipitated man buns. In which case, I, I like it even less saying. than I already do. Yep. Oh, you didn't like that's Watchmen? That's another topic. That's one other than uh, it was. It was okay. I mean, hairdo. the book is like the book. so fucking good, and oh. the movie tried. <laughs> And I like almost a lot. got there. Yeah. Anyway, I do you I guys like, like the Back to the Future book? Because uh, I thought they Wait. had a lot more. I, didn't read that. I thought was I could have written it better. No, <laughs> There's a lot more time I mean, travel in the third. There probably is. There probably is. You know what I liked better than Back to the Future three was the Back to the Future ride at Universal Studios where there was dinosaurs. Yeah, so good. That was a cool. Ride. It was a motion ride where you that. go in the DeLorean. Oh, wish oh, yeah. fulfillment. It was so great. Yeah, but what's? I mean, what stakes would there be if Doc and Marty went back to the back to like prehistoric times? They're the biggest stakes the ever, because the further back you go, the bigger. This is something else yeah. that that Aaron said today, which I hadn't thought about. The further back you go, the bigger the stakes are, because. One change one that change. far back can hey, have know, he, bigger repercussions in the future. So she said that yeah, like going back to covered that. going back to 1885 is actually is actually bigger stakes than we think because any change in 1885 has has bigger repercussions. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting. The, you yeah. know, the more I think about it, the more I'm not sure. I wonder about that because no, imagine if there was like an alternate Doc and Marty that were trying to mess things up. That'd be fun. Like, yeah, that's something I was thinking about. Totally. Was that part of your thing? Evil Doc and Marty. <laughs> that, that's something I considered but rejected, but I want you to do it. Well, I, lo- I like that it. I like the idea that Ryan said that like uh like other time travelers, like right the uh or Evil Doc and Marty, or you think that they're evil but it turns out they're just good and they're they the have good ones. different motivations. <gasps> Yeah. And they're and then, trying to stop a thing. And then see, I'm at, so into that. I and love then we that look idea. at what is good, what is evil. Oh, it's so complicated. Oh my, yeah, see that see that has like depth to it. That yeah, the, that's the, the question I want to ask in a movie. Yeah. yeah, but how do you crank that out? How do we'll, you we'll, sell we'll that to a that year old after the break? Let's take a <laughs> Does it suspend my disbelief? No. I but maybe if I'd seen it in theaters, honestly, maybe if I had seen it when it was in on the big screen. And if it was, if I saw it when it came out, maybe it would have. There's not a lot of a film that makes me actually suspend my disbelief. Is that sad? That is a really impressive thing. Like when you look at something like Star Wars, and you think, oh yeah, if you went down the right, like the right few tubes, you could get there. That's a real place. That's really, yeah, that's a, new, a different reality. With Back to the Future. Maybe it's maybe it was that it was a comedy that I just uh, it was like this is a fun silly thing. I think the I think the first one felt a little more real to me um, because 
it, the relationship with Doc was a little bit more of a matter of happenstance turned necessity, and the he like and Marty's task was so clear and so uh, necessary for him to like hold his family together, basically, right? That that I, I put a little more stock into that, and I had an easier time relating to that film, I think. Three, though, Back to the West. That was a little silly. <laughs> where would you, if you could take the DeLorean back with Doc and Marty, where would you go? You'd always go to the future. Of course, you go to the future. And the future is what is untold. You know, and you got to be really careful with the past. <laughs> yeah, go play around. See what happens. I'd say I go along for the ride. I mean, well, I mean, I guess it does. It does suspend my. Yeah, I'd say I'd say it suspends my my disbelief. I mean, sometimes like things get a little silly. Like, I mean, the time traveling train. I think is like, oh, all right. But you know, at the same time, like, what else would you make it out of in the 1850s? I mean, it's it's sci it's sci-fi, but there's no, there's like this magical quality to it that I think that suspends my, that suspends my disbelief. I think they do a good job of of taking you there. And they, and having their sort of like internal sci-fi magic logic work to the point where you can think like, okay, sure, if you have like some like crazy chemical logs and and a steam and a steam engine, you just might be able to do it, you know. So so yeah, I th- I think it, it suspends my disbelief and really and takes me along for the ride. Yeah. All right, brave time traveling adventuring listeners out there in the interwebverse world unit. Thank you for listening. That's the end of part one of the trial of Back to the Future Part 3. Join us next time as the debate rages on and a verdict is rendered. Follow us on Twitter at Sci-Fi on Trial and visit our website, SciFiOnTrial.com to see how you can support this show. I'll see you in the future. Future.